The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. We've said it before, Holly, that it doesn't matter how you get to us. We're just glad that you do. Uh So whether it's people reaching out saying you need to talk to so-and-so, or we hear of somebody through the grapevine, or they reach out to us, however it happens, we want you on each and every day of the week. Everyone has such an incredible story, and it's so just encouraging to hear how God is using each and every one of us to do his work in our own community. So this is why we love doing what we do. We love to hear the stories of the valleys, the mountaintops, and everything in between. Yeah, podcaster, author, advocate, uh, Melissa Johnson, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm getting better and stronger every day in every way. Amen. Amen. I love that. Amen. I'm going to steal that if you don't mind. Okay. You can have it. You can okay. have it. Usually we ask the uh, skill testing question that is, uh, who are you and where did you come from? Well, my name is Melissa Johnson. I currently live in Augusta, Georgia, born in Waterbury, Connecticut, came to Georgia at an early age with my parents, raised in a Christian home. You know, um, if it has anything to do with God, my family was in it, you know, mm-hmm. from Sunday school, vacation, Bible school, Bible camps, whatever. Like I said, anything with God, we was a part of it. So um, that's who I am. And that's who, where I can say where I come from. I'm just just always knew about God and who he was just through my my family, my Christian um, upbringing, just through my family. When it comes to the upbringing, um, I was like to believe that it creates such a fantastic foundation for you to yeah. to spring off of as you hit adulthood. So for you, when did your faith become your own? And it wasn't just, you know, it's a Wednesday, church doors are open, we're there. Um, I always knew about him. You know, I can um, quote almost every scripture in the Bible. I probably, one of my friends called me a walking hymn book. So <laughs> it's a difference between knowing about God and knowing yeah. him first. And that didn't really hit surface until after I received a 12 year federal prison sentence. Like I said, I knew about him. So I was constantly asking God, why, you know, why am I here? Why am I constantly doing the things that I'm doing? You know, what's going on? Why did you make me like this? So I had so many questions with God because I thought I knew, knew him, but God had a different plan. And one thing that I do know is just because that you are a Christian or say you believe in God does Mm. not keep you from making mistakes. It does not make us perfect as a lot of people think. And one of the things that I've learned through growing up is that there's a lot of pressure on us. There's a lot of pressure on um, pastors, kids, and, and, you know, just different people who's in a church, because for whatever reason, they're looking for us to be perfect. And I grew up without not having an identity. I didn't know who I was. I was either my grandparents' child or Pastor Johnson's niece, or so I pretty much forgot who I was. Now, like I say, when you know about God, but you didn't really know him. And that was me until I hit my 12 year federal prison sentence. So one doesn't go from growing up with faith to all of a sudden going to prison. Uh, There's there's some holes that we need to fill as to I mean, maybe part one is how did you end up in that situation? Well, how I end up in that situation, number one, it was because of sin. Okay, but I will say this because I didn't know who I was. I was trying to find out who I was through the validation of other people. Yeah. Mm. And I was letting people determine 
who Melissa was. So I started where my life started going down is when my parents got divorced and I felt unloved. I felt rejected. I felt insecure. And so I started trying to buy love through friends. I started having all types of sexual relationships with, with guys because I wanted someone to love me. And I felt that sex was the way I felt if I Mm. sleep with you, then you'll get to love me. But guess what? It did not. It made me shame. It made me embarrassed and it made me hate myself more than I did. Then I started with trying to buy friendships. And so the little money that I did have trying to either buy lunch for somebody at school or somebody out the vending machine. And when my money ran out, I started going to my mom's pocketbook. And then that money ran out. I started going to writing bad checks. And when that ran out, I'm using other people's credit cards just to buy some love, just to get someone to notice me. So maybe I can feel good about myself. But each time I was feeling worse about me because that's not who I was. And then I knew what God said about deception. I knew what he said about lying and manipulation and stealing. So why was I doing this? Hmm. Why, why, why was I constantly doing the things that I knew wasn't right? And, you know, um, I didn't know who I was. I lost myself in people and who they think I should be and what they thought I should be. Did you ever think you were going to get caught? At first, no. At hmm. first, no. And then as the time went on, I knew eventually yeah. And then, but I kept doing it. It's, it's a saying that says, um, when you continue to do the wrong, same thing over and over again and expecting different results, that's called insanity. So that's, mm. a, that's the only thing that I can, um, describe it as something was wrong with militia because why am I constantly doing the same thing over and over again and think something's going to happen? I always get caught. I always get in trouble. So why was I constantly doing these things? Well, when it came to your parents and your family, you said that you are the niece of a pastor. What were they doing during this season of your life when you're trying to find out your own identity? Um, I feel like, and, and I may be wrong for saying this, but I feel like some people just said, you know, this is just militia. This is just who she is. No matter um, what we do or how we do it, this is just who she is. And honestly, I felt like some people just gave up on me as a lost cause. You know, um, she's going to spend the rest of her life in prison or whatever the case may be. I believe they even stopped praying for me because they just felt I was a lost cause. I even felt like I was a lost cause. I even felt like God gave up on me. And, you know, I tried to take my life almost 20 something times, you know, because I didn't understand why God allowed me to continue to do the things I prayed. I asked God to take those things from me. So why was I constantly doing it? Like even in the process of it, my cousin said to me one time, he said, Militia, how do you continue to do the same things and you still pray? I said, I don't know. You know, I just knew that them seeds have been planted in my life. And if I didn't know how to do anything else, I knew how to pray. And, you know, God just began to do things different in my life. But I had to get it to get it. You know, I I had to get it to get it. And that's where that 12 year pre- federal prison sentence came. When did you realize the seriousness of you being arrested and being charged? Did you know that it was going to Were you was it a five year? Was it a 15 year? Did you know exactly what you were dealing with? No, I didn't know exactly what I was dealing with, but I knew it was something that I didn't want to go through again. So when it all came, matter of fact, it was a lady who 
I was in business with at the time and she knew my pastor and she told my pastor that, you know, the police is looking for militia. So when my pastor called me, I said, okay, I'm going to take care of it. But in my head, I already knew that I wasn't. I knew that I was getting ready to pack up, you know, get situations arranged for my son. And I was leaving. And that's Mm. what I did. I closed my office and I left and I went to New York without any intent on coming back turning myself in. Um, once again, when I didn't know who I was, I was even going to create a different identity and, and leave the country mm. and um, try to have everything set up. But God just, uh, he was, he was doing something even in the midst of that. He was doing something in the midst of it, but I just, I couldn't turn myself in. I, I There was no way that I was going to face whatever it was that I was going to face. So we'll call it D-Day for you personally. Um, you know, the police come, they they get you, they arrest you. I mean, what's going on through your mind? Well, they didn't. They, I turned myself in. Oh, you I did? I was going to do it, yeah. Um, like I said, I was on the run and um, getting ready to leave the country. And and I know it's God now, but every I will always call my pastor. No one had access to me. They didn't know how to call me. So because I didn't want to put them in a situation to where, you know, they felt like it was involved with anything that I was doing. So I kept calling my pastor and he kept telling me to turn yourself in. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying no, but I didn't understand why I kept calling him when I know he was going to continue to (laughs) tell me the same thing. Yeah. So um, but I finally uh, matter of fact, right before it happened, I answered the the number from an unknown number and it was the U.S. Marshal. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, they found me. I'm like trying to run down the street before the helicopters come and just different things happening. And I said, I'm not turning myself in. And the U.S. Marshal said, yes, you are. He said, I've talked to too many people who know you, militia. I talked to too many people who say you are a nice person. I talked to any too many people. And he said, so I know that the God that's in you is going to do it. You know, and I said, well, you must not know God because I am not getting ready to do this. (laughs) (laughs) And but lo and behold, here I am calling my pastor. And he told me, he said, daughter, we're going to be right there with you. We're going to I'm going to be there with you when you get ready to turn yourself in. So to make a long story short, lo and behold, I did it. I um, got the airplane ticket. I was scared for my life because I thought that the police was going to all be surrounded when I get off. But the marshal didn't. They wasn't. He said because he knew I was going to do it. He gave me time to be with my son before, you know, I turned myself in. But throughout the process and on the way to turning myself in, I took another bottle of pills. Because in this time, my grandmother was alive and she had dementia. So I knew she didn't know exactly what was going on. Matter of fact, she didn't know what was going on, but I took the bottle of pills because this was not, I was not going to bring any more shame on my family. I was not going to bring any more shame on my church. So let me just go ahead and end this. Um, But I woke up at a behavior center with my pastor standing over my head Hmm. saying, this is not the way. Hmm. Tell the truth and let God work in it. God is not going to work in any deceit. Just tell the truth and leave the rest to God. Um, matter of fact, so I was already in custody because as soon as the doctor released me, the police was right out there to, to get me. Man, you run and you run and then you still end up having that voice inside that says, it's time, it's time. 
And, and that's the thing about it. You know, I do believe that the scripture that says train up a child in the way they should go. And when they get old, it would not depart from it. You know, even those times that I was in church and even those those times, those seeds was planting. They was they was coming. They was in there. And there was times that I would pray and there was times that I would sing songs and I didn't even understand why I was singing it. And then I used to tell myself, Militia, stop. You know, you're a, you're a, you're a lost cause. Why are you singing to God? You know, you're you're not going to win. You're you're lost. You're going you're doomed for hell. But it would always come back. And I remember one time while I was in a car, um, incarcerated before I even got my sentence, um, a young lady said, do you know this Bible verse in the Bible? And I snapped at her because you ain't never seen me read my Bible. So what make you think I know it, you know, mm. but I had to tell her, I, I said, yes, I do. I know it. And I gave her the scripture Bible verse running from God while I was incarcerated, didn't want to have anything to do with God, didn't want to come out to the Bible studies they had, but one particular day it was a lady who came in and I knew she knew what she was talking about, but I would not go. I would not do it. I would just act like I don't hear it. And about a month of running, you see how long it took me a month of running into jail. Um, I said, okay, God, I'm going to do it, but I'm doing it more for other people than myself mm. because I knew I wasn't going to make it. I knew I was getting ready to bust hell wide open. So let me help some other ladies so they won't have to go through what I've been through. So my main purpose for teaching the Bible and my main purpose for, you know, doing it was to help other people not go through what I had to go through. You know, don't be um, this age and, you know, still in jail and and being old and in jail, you know, you're still young. So it's, excuse me, because it's kind of emotional to me, but you're still young and I don't want you to have to spend your whole life or stay away from your children and be in jail. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now where kids don't have their parents. You know, my father, my children, my son's father wasn't in his life, you know, and then here is mother, you know, in prison, you know, and I hated the things that my son was going through and I didn't want any other kids to go through that. So if I can be a help or a blessing to somebody else's mother, so they would have their mother, that was my aim to do. Was there a finality on your sentence? Did you know that it was 12 years, you're good? Or was it, you know, you're given life in prison, but if you're on good behavior, you can get out in like, you know, two weeks. Well, I'm going to tell you this. There's a difference between state prison and uh, federal prison. Okay? okay. When you're in state, you have a chance to parole or to parole out. In the federal prison, you pretty much want to do 90% of that time. Okay. And because my life had been going in and out of jail, I was on state probation. And so when I got to federal prison and got my sentence, I didn't even know what my sentence was until after I left, because Mm. at this time I had faith that I was going to get out because guess what? God always got me out. You know, God always gave me a slap on my wrist, you know, and militia's out. So I'm teaching faith. I'm just believing that God is going to do this. You know, plus my lawyer told me I'm going to do 18, 24 months. I don't did 16 months already. So guess what? I got this. I'm going to do it. And so I get to court, get sentenced. Um, I call home to find out exactly what did I get? I guess because my mind was still there on what I thought I was going to get. So my sister said, Militia, you received 144 months. She said, that's 12 years. Immediately, I just hung up the phone and I went into my room and I had a powwow with God. How can you let this happen to me? You know, I'm sitting here teaching. I'm leading other people to Christ and you're giving me 
this sentence, you know the intent of my heart. You knew everything that I was doing. It was to help other people. They would say I would uh, like kind of like Robin Hood. She steal from the rich to help the poor. That's what that's exactly was. I'm talking about feeding the homeless, making sure people had cars and their rent is paid. But guess, but none of that was to no avail. Hmm. So after that, I shut myself in the room for a couple of days and then I was transported to the state where my probation was at. I get there and I go to court and I wind up going to state prison. So I didn't understand why I was in state prison when I got sentenced federally. Mm. So I remember, you know, during this time, I'm still in my word. I'm still praying. And I remember this devotional and it says, do not worry about what you're going to say in court because the Holy Spirit is going to speak on your behalf. Probably about 20 minutes later, the CEO came and said, Johnson, you're going to court. Had no clue. So I get to court, totally forget about what the Holy Spirit had told me. And I say something. The judge hit the gavel. 12 years in federal prison, followed by 12 years in the state prison. Immediately, I said, the devil is a lie. And I begin to pray. I, I just knew, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Something, something's wrong here. And um, the judge immediately said, okay. He said, okay, let's go reconvene with your lawyers and we're going to give you a So I saw God's hand right there. So we went from a 12 year sentence, went to a 24 year sentence, went back to 12 year sentence. So this time, Malicia's keeping her mouth closed. And this time, Malicia is going to allow God to do what he's going to do. Okay. And thank you, Jesus. I get out of that. Here I am going into the federal prison and crying heavily on mental health medication, already adding weight to my um, overweight body already. Get here miserable, get here depressed. Okay. But when I got in there, I started fighting. I started following every motion that I can file because my attorney told me 18, 24 months. That's mm. what he told me. But I, I kept working. I kept working. And in my head, I kept hearing God say, Don't worry about what you're going to say in court because the Holy Spirit is going to speak. But here I am, even though I'm not verbally speaking it, I'm putting it on paper. That's still speaking. Okay. And, you know, so while I was incarcerated, I wind up going to the shoe, which is kind of like isolation. And I get there because I'm I'm with a friend and just kind of get caught up in some stuff. And this is where I had this. Aha. Wow. What's going on? And I said, OK, God, I, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. On that cold cement floor, I was in there for like six months by myself. And I said, God, this is it. I surrender. God, I, I I can't do this no more. I said, God, I'm I'm I don't even understand why you even allowed me to go as far as I went. I said, but God, it's all about you right now. And I said, God, if you ever give me the opportunity to get out of this, I promise you, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to tell it so other people can know you. So other people can live a life of freedom. So other people can know exactly why you died. And like I said, I was in there for like about six, seven months. And God set me free from isolation, but still not free from that sentence as of that time. Hmm. I can't even imagine six months all by yourself. 
Yeah, but I started liking it because I'm telling you, it was me and Jesus. Like, I was just so good. I got up and had my little coffee, put it on my little desk. You know, we 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 was in there 24 hours a day and only allowed to go outside one time. Just mm-hmm. one time. And you're in a cage. You can shower like three times a week. But anyway, it was good because it was just me and Jesus. Like, I was just mm. soaking him up. I was just reading. I was like singing all the songs that I sung as a child. But now it's starting to mean something to me. Now it's not just lip service. Now I know what it really means to say that Jesus died on the cross. I know it was the blood that died for me, that was shed for me. You know, you can't tell me what God can't do. I've, I've tried him, you know. So I'm kind of like Paul and Silas in the jail, just singing and praising God. Other people telling me to be quiet, you know, the <laughs> church lady again, you know, but it, it that was just my time with the Lord. And mm. I stayed there until they told me, Johnson, we can't keep you here no longer. You got to get out, you know? So, but you know, yeah, God just totally did a work in me during that time, but I needed that alone time with God so I can have the relationship that I have with him today. Oh, I want to continue on the talk of relationship um, because you had a, you had this incredible relationship with your pastor. You have this relationship with God as you're in isolation. What about your son? What was your relationship like with him and the importance of having that relationship with you being locked up and he being free? My relationship maintained very well with my son. My sister had him and she always allowed me to be his mother. You know, whenever things was happening, she said, I'm going to tell your mother on you. I was able to put him on punishment from prison. You know, when he did good, you know, I made sure that every Christmas, every birthday, you know, even if it wasn't nothing but some candy, I made sure that my son got something. It, it means it may not mean like a lot, but it did when they was growing up that their mama sent them something in the mail. You know, you know, mm. we don't get nothing in the mail no more. It's all email. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> so for a kid to get a package, you know, and it was something from their mother. You know, um, but I kept a relationship with my son up until the very end. My son stood with his mama for for 10 years. So we're going to get to that part. But 10 years, um, it was it was awesome. So I thank God for my sister for allowing me to continue to be his mother, even though she was the one that was raising him. I still was very active in my son's life. Amazing. It's interesting, though, because here you were. And, you know, incarcerated, you are preaching, teaching the Bible for other people. And yet it was like you'd given up on yourself and your own future. Yeah. Why yeah. is that? Because I felt like I had, I couldn't get it right. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was miss can't get right. You know, um, no matter how I try, you know, how many times I've been to the altar, you know, how many times I pray, you know, how many times other people have prayed for me. And yet, I was still doing the same thing, yet nothing would change for me. So I just said, you know what? I can't do it. It's not about me anymore. It's about somebody else. And even today, I hear different ladies that I've been incarcerated with, and they'll tell me, you know, you're the reason why I gave my life to Christ or this or that. And I don't even remember who they was because it wasn't. I was just there to do what God wanted me to do. And it's sad to say that I'm preaching and teaching to somebody else, and here my life is in a shambles. Do you get, I don't know how it works, but do you get a day of, hey, today is release day, you mark it down on the calendar, or is it a surprise, like it's 12 years-ish? In federal prison, you normally do 90% of your time. But let me tell you how good God is. All right. Yes. It's something that came in called COVID-19, something that we was least expected to. Nobody in 2011, when I got sentenced, thought about the corona. 
or thought about COVID-19. No. And here it comes. And because of this, President Trump signed the law um, about the First Step Act and about, you know, and, and in prison, we didn't we couldn't social distance. And so different people was getting released and we was getting released on home confinement. So we was just not in the physical prison. We was, you know, had our leg monitors on and different things. So there was people getting released because of COVID. So I knew that God was not going to forget about me. I'm a nonviolent offender. And if he can do it for all these other people, I know he can do it for me. And plus, mm. I know I got a relationship with God. Now, I know it's not just lip service no more. So I know, okay, wait a minute, God, you're going to give me another chance to get it right. And But I was scared to go talk to my case manager because I have an extensive criminal history. And I, and I didn't want to be told no. But lo and behold, they gave me a date for October. And But let me tell you this, I got my date. Two weeks prior to getting released, they took my date from me. So my sisters knew I didn't want, because I was going to surprise my mom for her 70th birthday. And I was just, God, I know you did not do this. I know that you gave me this day. And I know that you're not a God who can give and who can take back. I just, there was no way that you could make me fathom that God gave me a date after serving 10 years to take it away from me. And I remember crying out into that. It was, we had a little, little library that it was just for, you know, a few people in our dorm. And I remember crying out to God and I said, God, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in, I'm all in. But I knew now that it was just a testing of my faith. It was just a testing to see, okay, what are you going to do now? Let me see what's going to happen if I take your day. Are you going to go back to be that old militia? But I told God, I said, God, even if you don't give it to me, I'm still going to serve you. I said, God, it's not my will, but it's your will that's going to be done. And I said, God, matter of fact, you already did more than enough for me. So I just totally laid it down to God and I said, God, your will be done. If you want to give me back my date, you do. And if you don't, I'm still going to serve you. Two weeks later, boom, boom, boom. Here I go. I got a date for November 18th. And I'm telling you, my dad and my sister was there to pick me up. And I, I got out on home confinement on a leg monitor and but ever since then, I've been running for the Lord. Ever since then, I've been on fire and I've been just telling people about the goodness of God and what God can actually do when you totally surrender your life to him. So who is militia? You know, the pre-prison militia was looking for affirmation in other places. Who would you say you are now? Militia is a woman that loves God and that has a relationship with God. Militia is a person who knows who God is, not just in here, but in my heart. Militia is also a person that has a prison ministry podcast called Jesus is the Key to Reentry. And my thing is to encourage other churches to get involved in prison ministry, not just by name, but by action. You know, so th that's what I try to do. I try to encourage people. I try to, you know, just go around telling my story about who God is. And God is a miracle worker because if he can do it for me, he can do it for them. God is no respect of person. People can change just because a person went to prison don't mean they'll come out the same way. So, you know, that's what I do. And that's what I love to do. But most importantly, I love Jesus. That's who I am. Oh, I love that so much. And now you're able to be with your son and you can dish out the punishments and, of course, the presents <laughs> in person. Yes, he, he still get it. He'll be 28 tomorrow. 
Um, I was blessed to have three grandchildren. He had twins at one time and nine months ago, I have a, a granddaughter. So I have three grandbabies that I'm loving and enjoying. But I tell him, I told him, I said, you're still my son. I said, no matter what. Yeah, I said, you know, but he's grown now. So I try to, you know, do a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he tried to remind me too, mama, I'm grown now. But, you know, but all is well. I am just so grateful to, you know, to God for him. And our relationship is 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 just as great. It's great. Like I said, we're getting better and stronger every day in every way. So God is just good. So, yes. Yeah, you had mentioned the podcast, which was kind of one of those things that I wanted to dive into. Do you have, is there like a, a two year, a three year, a five year plan as to where you would like to see some of the things maybe that you can have your hands in? Yes. Right now, I'm just doing the podcast and I'm just actually getting people, not just people who've been incarcerated, but, you know, anything that's in reference to like the criminal justice reform. But my vision is to have a place so when people can come out, they have some resources, not just saying I'm going to pray for you. But, mm. you know, here's a Walmart gift card. Or here's a Target gift card. Most important, here's a church for you to go to. These are people who's going to be able to love you and embrace you like you've never been in prison. And I thank God for my church because you would never thought think I've been to prison based off how they treat me, you know. So guess what? And so that's the vision. That's the plan is to have a Jesus is the key to reentry center. So when people come out, we can show them the love of Jesus, because I strongly believe that we are supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus here on Earth. Yeah, because I can imagine. I mean, if there's other people who are incarcerated, it's been 10 years, 15 years. Not only have things changed a lot, yeah. oh, you know, God. right. And then I'm trying to use my phone. <laughs> I'm still trying to use my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, you had like the flip phones, right? Now it's a computer in your hand. And, and they don't teach you this in prison. A lot of, you know, they try to do a little bit, but they not. There's people who've been in prison who's been in it when pay phones came, mm. was out. So you're trying to release these people back into society. And they didn't even have a cell phone. We have beepers and, 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 and cell phones. And now they're coming back to this. And like I said, you know, and it's only by the grace of God that I'm learning and doing what I'm doing. I'm scared to even upgrade to my iPhone because I'm still trying to get used to the Android. You know? <laughs> so, it's just, so I'm trying to like let people know this is what you get ready to come out to. So, yeah, yeah we need grace of other people to help us. If it's any uh, consolation, I'm also afraid to upgrade my cell phone and I've not been incarcerated. <laughs> so you are not alone on that one. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell me that you were incarcerated, Holly. I was waiting no. for that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you do, you do bring up a, an interesting point though. How difficult is it to be re-entered back into society? Because you've spent all of these years being told what to do. And now you're kind of given a little more freedom. Well, it was very hard at first. The first thing I had to do is get reestablished with my family. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was living with my sister when I got out and 10 years have passed since we've been together. She's changed. I've changed. Whew, that was a, that was a transition in yeah. itself, you know, yeah. and you know, you know, my sisters didn't understand me, you know, we're here for you, militia, but they didn't realize that I've been away for so long and I have adapted a new family. You know, there was girls that I've, I spent a lot of time with and we cried together. We laughed together. We, you know, we did everything together. And so when I got home, these were the people that I was calling on because, you know, it's not because I didn't love my family. It's because I, I had to get reconnected to them. 
Yeah. Then coming out here doing COVID with the mask and the cell phones and computers, it, it was a little challenging. That's why we need people to be there to help us because a lot of people can get frustrated and go back to what they know. You know, they feel like it's easier in prison, but the devil is a lie. It may was easier, but that's not what I want. But coming out, it's it's a day by day process. Is is definitely a day by day process. Definitely, you know, asking for guidance from the Holy Spirit to help us and and the different people that God put in our in our lives. So we we definitely going to need the help, you know, when they come out because the transition is it's a little difficult. Yeah, yeah. So you've been out now what two years? It'll be three years. Three years in November. Three, three years, years in November. And when I tell you, God has been good to me. I'm telling you, if I didn't know God for myself and I, and, and I guess that's where we come back to why me, like, oh, why are you doing this? You know what I'm saying? Huh. Like, why are you even doing this? I was the screw up. I'm the one that's messed up. I was the, the charlatan. I was the hypocrite. I was going to church on Sundays and being with my boyfriend Sunday afternoon. So what, what is this that you're doing, God? And I'm, I stay in amazement. I stay in awe of God and his grace and his mercy and the love that he has for me. Like, why are you even using me? Why, why are you even using me? The other only thing that I can think of that he know I'm going to give him the glory. So because it's about him it's not about me, because guess what? I was a mess up. So I knew militia couldn't do this. This had to be God to do it. Jesus is the key to reentry. You could definitely check that out, Militia. We are so glad that you took some time to uh, hang out with myself and Holly today. And I thank you for allowing me to even share. Thank you so much. And I just pray that God just continue to use you guys to, to advance the kingdom of God. She's the type of woman that I just want to head down to Georgia and hang out with for a week just because she has that amazing energy. Yes, some sweet tea on the porch and hear more stories. Right? Is that that's kind of what you would do? I imagine the wraparound yeah, you're porches in the here, in the south of Georgia. In the south, <laughs> just right? drink your sweet tea. <laughs> I think we've all gone through that part of life though, where we're trying to figure out who we are. Yeah. And how difficult is it though that it just continues to pile up and pile up and pile up? And she's looking for so many solutions and just couldn't find it. Yeah. And I think too, for a lot of us, it's who am I? You know, we ask that question. Who are you? Where'd you yeah. come from? And yeah. I think we often ask those questions of ourselves. And sometimes it's a lifelong journey, just discovering who we are. But when we yeah. can discover who we are in Christ, it makes things mm. so clear. So yeah. clear. So. And then it's amazing to see you go in as one person. Yeah. And the all these years later, you come out as somebody completely different. And your friends and family are looking at you like, who is this militia person? You are not the same person who went in. Yeah. An incredible story of redemption and God's grace and love. And just, he loves us so much. This is why we say, reach out to us. If you have a story, you know, somebody who has a story, you've heard somebody tell a story about something. (laughs) Get to us on the socials, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Tikitaka or pure no. volume. Ask Jeeves. I don't care. <laughs> Find us. Did you say MySpace? <laughs> I did not. MySpace. There you Where go. were we? I don't know, but um, make sure you reach out to us regardless. We love hearing from you. Yeah. We love finding out 
what in that episode you just listened to stood out. So make sure you rate, mm. review, you leave your comments. Um, yeah. I want this to be an incredible community as much as it is a podcast. And then, of course, we are on the YouTube, so you can check out the videos. Yeah. There. Smash that like button. I've heard a lot of people say that lately. Smash that like button. I think it's subscribe on YouTube. I don't even. We're just not cool. We're not <laughs> cool. At all. Uh, pray for us <laughs> um, and check out faithstrongtoday.com. Yeah.